This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group, with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. It's Wednesday, April the 13th, and our top story today is that Kent Police has referred itself to the police watchdog after it emerged a man suspected of murdering his wife at a tattoo studio in Canterbury was on bail and facing allegations he'd raped her. Catalin Miku, who was 54, was found dead at Gothink in Canterbury on Monday evening, along with 35-year-old Ramona Stoyer. Now, the Kent Online podcast can reveal she had accused him of a series of sexual assaults against her. The couple were married in Las Vegas four years ago, but are understood to have recently separated. In February, Ramona secured a non-molestation order. However, it's thought the couple still lived together, but he was banned from harassing or pestering her. In March, he was arrested on suspicion of breaching that order and placed on police bail until April the 20th. Under the bail conditions, Miku was still allowed to work alongside Ramona at the studio, where dozens of police, including armed officers, were called two days ago. Well, a spokesman for the Independent Office for Police Conduct says we are currently assessing the referral to determine what further action may be required from us. Well, tributes have continued to pour in for Ramona and Jamie has been reading through them. Well, Nicola, Ramona, who has a young son, has been described as absolutely lovely and a talented, popular tattoo artist with a huge following. One tribute says Ramona was a pure, perfect soul. Another said she was an absolute angel, one of the loveliest souls I've ever met. And Sindon was a close friend who said she was the warmest, kindest, most generous person ever. She adds, we're devastated for her, her family and their son, but also for Kat's family as they aren't to blame for this. So, so sad and so many lives have been ruined. Ramona was amazing. She was kind and generous and had the biggest heart. Our hearts go out to everyone that knew and loved her. Regular customer Erica Terry Rose said she's absolutely devastated by the tragedy. She posted on socials saying it's going to take some time to process this. They've always been so kind and amazing to me. I'm absolutely shaken by the news. I'm heartbroken. I feel so much for their little boy. It's such a huge tragedy for the local gothic and tattoo scene. Jamie, thanks ever so much. The incident at Gothic Studio is still being investigated, but police say they're not currently looking for anyone else in connection with the tragedy. Only Ramona's death is being treated as suspicious, while police say Miku's is not. Kent Online News. Other top stories today and 11 people have now been charged as part of a murder investigation in Tunbridge Wells. A 25-year-old man died after suffering multiple injuries in Cayley Road back in December. A 20-year-old from Essex is the latest person to appear in court. Ten others have already denied charges including murder, manslaughter and conspiracy to commit robbery. They're all due back at Crown Court later this month. A group representing lorry drivers is calling for an urgent review of Operation 
Belgian Brock on the M20. It's been used for almost two weeks now to queue freight waiting to cross the channel. Delays have been caused by a combination of the suspension of P&O ferries and Easter getaway traffic. Well, I've been speaking to Heidi Skinner, who's from Logistics UK. HGVs, which are destined for the short straits, either Eurotunnel or Port of Dover, are required to take certain routes through the county. And when they are on the M20, they have no access to um, basic facilities like toilets or having any access to food and drink. Now, you know, drivers to a certain extent can prepare to take some food and drink with them, but there's no way they can really have any access to toilet facilities. And 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 we see this as a humanitarian issue. It's, it's really important um, that drivers' welfare needs are taken into consideration. So as Operation Brock continues, and it's thought it could continue over the Easter weekend into next week now, what are you calling for? We really want to see a review of Operation Brock. We don't want this just to be about the traffic management. It's not about how the traffic is is filtered down the M20 and and into into the the ports. It's really looking at at drivers. Is it acceptable to have men and women stuck in cabs with no access to basic uh, welfare facilities for long periods of time? We don't believe it is. Uh, And and this is something that needs to be looked at in a much wider uh, review. What else could have been done, would you suggest then, Heidi? Well, I said, what we want is, is... is a more um, forensic examination of whether we can have these facilities on the carriageway. I know it's very challenging. There's lots of health and safety concerns around it. Um, but I think we need to look at it again because we can't keep having these peaks where we're having uh, drivers essentially stranded on the M20. It's, it's not acceptable. Do you have any idea as to how things are going to pan out this weekend, obviously, and uh, what would ordinarily have been an incredibly busy weekend Um coming up to to Easter and and the break with people wanting to get away as well as freight wanting to get across. Do you have any idea as to how things might pan out over the next few days? It's obviously a little bit difficult to to say until we know uh, when we'll have P&O capacity back at the port of Dover. That that, um, is is an important factor. Um, Also, because we've had freight uh, stuck in the UK for a long period of time, we would normally expect to see freight flowing um, at its peak midweek um, but obviously that's a little bit out of sync we've got the bank holiday as well so it's difficult with all these different factors at at place Um, so we're just going to have to watch and wait and see on that. The Kent Resilience Forum who are leading on this say for safety reasons it's not possible to provide things like toilets on the motorway however food and water has been given out. Meantime it's feared cross-channel disruption could get even worse as we head towards the Easter weekend. P&O Ferries ship the Spirit of Britain has been detained in Dover after failing a safety inspection. That means services might not be up and running again by Friday as planned. A gang is believed to have used an angle grinder to cut their way into a firm's compound in Sheerness to steal tools and a van. Five men have been caught on CCTV, breaking through fencing and locked gates at a recycling depot off New Road in the early hours of Monday. Police are investigating. A judge says he's been inspired by Insulate Britain protesters who held a demonstration on the M25 in Kent. Members of the group have been fined for blocking traffic at Junction 3 for the Swanley interchange last September. They spoke about their climate concerns in court and the judge said their voices have been heard. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group.
with car dealerships in Canterbury and Maidstone. A number of Kent MPs have spoken out to defend Boris Johnson after he was fined for breaking lockdown rules. The PMs apologised along with the Chancellor after they went to a birthday gathering at Downing Street in June 2020. Well, Folkestone and Hyde's Damien Collins says Mr Johnson has his full support. Kelly Tolhurst, who represents Rochester and Strood, has also backed him, while North Thanet's Sir Roger Gale says now is not the time for a leadership contest. Well, let's get some more reaction. Sean Holden is a Conservative councillor in Kent and says the priority right now should be the war in Ukraine. When this came out, I was cross and I think uh, it is wrong and the fines that have been handing out show that it was wrong. But I think things have changed since then because of the war. Boris Johnson has taken this country to the forefront in the world in opposing the dictator Putin's aggression and the uh, horrors that have been inflicted on a democratic country. And I was very proud. I was proud to see our prime minister walking the streets of Kiev with President Zelensky, the heroic president of of Ukraine. And so now is what we should be concentrating on is, is what is happening in this war. And it would be Ridiculous. I would even say it's irresponsible to say that we should be changing the leadership of the country at this time uh, because of uh, of these parties, which Boris Johnson uh, didn't organise. Swale Conservative Councillor Mike Whiting also doesn't think it's the right time for a leadership contest. Of course, no one um, is above the law and we must all be accountable should we uh, break it. I understand the Prime Minister's fine actually relates to the birthday cake event. Uh, where during a meeting, staff bought in a birthday cake saying happy birthday and left. But that said, however brief the incident, it was uh, against the rules. And of course, it's wrong to break the rules. But it would also, I may say, if I may, the, it would have been an even greater travesty if the Metropolitan Police had not issued these strict penalty notices. And you must remember, the Met was extraordinarily slow off the mark with investigating. And it was the Prime Minister who then engaged a top civil servant to examine the facts present them to the police and subsequently uh, now more than as a result of that more than 50 penalty notices have been issued including one as we know to the prime minister to his wife and to the chancellor the public will make their minds up and that's why we have elections so the public can make their minds up but i think that the public are probably more focused on the cost of living crisis more focused on the effects of this terrible terrible war that is being waged on ukraine by this dictator putin and i think that's where the public uh, will want to see strong action from this government and we'll see uh, it, it will translate into votes as it translates into votes when the elections are counted in May. But not everybody is happy for the PM to stay in his job. At Kent Online today you can read the thoughts of a Medway man who says he wished he'd broken lockdown rules to see his dying father in hospital. And the leader of Medway's Labour group, Vince Maple, says he understands why people are angry. They've had two years of going through some of the most difficult situations them and their families have had to deal with when the person at the top and his next door neighbour have both broken the rules that they made themselves. We may hear some attempts to try and defend that in a minute. I look forward to hearing those. This is indefensible. The Prime Minister and the Chancellor should go. Don't forget that in the previous two world wars, we saw changes of Prime Minister, so that is not an excuse. France is currently having an election right now. There is no excuse. The people of Medway, the people of Kent, the people of this country will be very angry. This isn't being brushed under the carpet. This isn't fluff, as some would say. Johnson and Sunak must go. Frankly, I don't want someone breaking the rules, breaking the laws they made themselves, 
to be our Prime Minister. It really is as simple as that. And, and look, Mike and Sean have done a, 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 an enviable task of trying to defend this. Mm. Uh, and look, nobody wants to distract from the war in Ukraine. We want to support those individuals as much as we can. But the reality is democracy still happens. And part of democracy is happening in France, as we saw over the weekend. Part of democracy is holding those with power to account. And if those people have broken the rules, they should face the consequences. In my view, very clearly, Sunak and Johnson have broken those rules. Not my words, the words of the Met Police. They should resign. Reaction there given to our colleagues from KMTV. You can see more of their video reports by clicking on the section of the website. A former Kent MP says some form of justice has been done after the man who murdered Sir David Amos was given a whole life sentence. Ali Harby Ali stabbed the Conservative MP at his constituency surgery in Essex last October. A judge has told the Old Bailey the 26-year-old has no remorse, while Sir David's family have called the killing beyond evil. And Whittacombe, who you to represent Maidstone was his friend. He didn't get his martyrdom. He's got instead uh, probably more than half a century of incarceration. A young footballer who's died of a suspected heart attack has been described as amazing, kind and with a real lust for life. 36-year-old Leila Latif, who played for Dartford, had a rare genetic condition. Kent Online reports. Now, a Chatham dad says he fears losing his driving licence and being able to take his son to school because of delays at the DVLA. The licensing authority has been experiencing a backlog of paperwork since the pandemic. Paul Durso has a heart condition and that means he needs a medical check before his licence is renewed. But he's been waiting 14 months. He's been speaking to our reporter, Alex Langridge. I'm on a rolling medical licence. Once a year it gets renewed. Um, I was meant to be renewed, um, obviously, 14 months ago, but then COVID delayed it. And now it's. I've been given a letter that says I've got 12 weeks to get it done, which is 23rd of May, and can't get through to make the appointments, and it's... And if I don't get it done at a certain time, I lose my licence, have to reapply, which then causes a lot of other problems. And what's sort of like your fear that's going to happen if they take away your licence? What, what's that going to stop you from doing? Well, obviously, I won't be able to get my son to school. Um, being a single dad, I need to get him to school. Um, public transport is, from from where I live, is, is another hour and a quarter every single day, so it means him getting up at half six. Um, obviously, I couldn't do any work if I wanted to do any work because I won't be able to drive. Um, so it's going to cause loads of little problems. What do you feel towards the DVLA and medical team? Well, I figure that considering the amount of people that's unemployed and the fact that it's been ongoing for like two years, that they should have had at least some cover that I can't... I've, I've spent the last week trying to ring them up, trying to get an appointment. No one answers. Um, I get through to DVLA, no one answers. So in soon, I'm going to be left in a position where automatically I'm going to lose my, my licence, I have to reapply, but I can't do anything about the situation. It must be quite frustrating. Yes, well, yeah, it's very stressful because um, I live in a town where I don't know a lot of people, so it's not I can rely on someone say, I'll drop my kid to school, do this, do that, I can't do that. So what am I, what am I meant to do? Don't know. So the letter comes out automatically and then that's it, my licence is gone and I can't do anything to do. 
to change that. But the DVLA won't comment on individual cases, but say medical checks were deprioritised during COVID and paused for the vaccine booster rollout. They do say they will, of course, try to process any applications they get as quickly as possible. A Sheppey woman who had to cancel her wedding has questioned why her deposit can't be gifted to another couple. Alison Smith was due to get married at Abbey Hotel in August, but the event is no longer taking place. She was hoping to transfer the date to someone else as a kind gesture, but staff say it goes against their policy as they need to make sure they make a profit after the pandemic. You can let us know what you think today by voting in our poll within the story. We'd also love to know what you think about this one. A restaurant in Raynham is offering customers a discount if they lock their phones in a box for the duration of their dinner. The initiative is at Spice Fusion on Deanwood Drive and Seastein is given a small cage with a padlock and a key. They'll receive a 20% discount if they can spend their time talking to one another and not looking at their screens. Now, the Easter Bunny might be popular at this time of year, but the RSPCA say they're overwhelmed with unwanted rabbits. The number coming into the charity's care in Kent has risen by more than a third in the space of a year. They dealt with 88 incidents involving rabbits in the county in 2021, and there's been a drop in the number of people offering them new homes. A Thanet drag queen believes Margate is fast becoming the next big thing for the LGBTQ plus community. A second queer friendly bar is due to open in the town, which it's claimed is now the unofficial queer capital of Kent. Well, drag has become even more popular in the county following the success of local acts River Medway and Crystal Versace on RuPaul's Drag Race. This is actually one of our most read stories today. Janet District Council, who's also known as Bob Chickalaws, says it's hugely liberating and has been speaking to our reporter Leisha Gallagher. Janet is a paid hobby which I love. Um, she you know she is a business. Um, I did get paid before which is great and when I started um, I did use the kind of office shtick uh, as a joke. Um, I've subsequently become an office worker. I have manifested Janet into my life. <laughs> so yeah, I don't want to give away too much about my, my real life office endeavours, but I do a lot of method. It's very method. My, uh, my comedy comes from real life office experience. And did you always know sort of from, I guess, as a young child that, you know, this was something that you were interested in? Did, when you were, you know, a young, a young boy, would you look up and think, yeah, actually, that's, that's going to be well, what I am? <laughs> Essentially, like when I was growing up, there weren't, there wasn't drag race. There wasn't, um, there were no like drag accessible drag icons that I wanted to emulate. Um, I mean, funnily enough, I've kind of I look back and I now see um, people like um, what's his name, Kenny Everett. So my drag is very Kenny Everett, which was slightly before my time, but not that much before my time so it's kind of funny that there were these drag icons but I weren't aware of them um and I guess yeah I, I never I've I, like I've been in bands and I guess my background is like music and performance um and drag was a way for me to like transition from being in a band well not being in a band and getting to be on stage and I used drag as a way of like sneaking in other things so when you're in this fine attire you can get away with anything and obviously there's a lot of local drag sort of popping up all over the place probably to do with you know the the drag race sort of 
brand that's kind of blown up everywhere. Definitely, yeah. Do you think that maybe, you know, like there's a lot of local drag going on and there's a lot of young people coming up. Do you see yourself as a role model to them that they can <laughs> sort of look up to? Is that something you would you would want to be? Within drag culture, there's this idea of motherhood. So being a drag mum and like raising children, i.e. teaching them how to like do drag. I'm not a drag mother. I technically have a lot of drag children in, but the word I prefer is like an enabler. Like I like enabling people to do drag. And yeah, Ken is just bursting with drag queens at the moment and it's great. I would encourage anyone to give it a go. I think it should be, it should be for anyone. If you haven't like put on a wig and danced around a bit, like you haven't, I don't know. It's, it's not, you're not missing out on it, but give it a go. Like I think it's, I think a lot of people think that drag is this special skill that you have to be a certain type of person to do it. But drag is what you want it to be. And finally today, a movie that was partly filmed in Maidstone has gone on to win several international awards. The Fronts of War tells the story of two soldiers with some scenes shot at Detling Showground. Director Thomas Gardner has won an award at the Europe Film Festival and the movie itself has received accolades in India, Italy and Japan. Kent Online Sports. Football and Gillingham have reduced ticket prices to try and pack out Priestfield for their game on Easter Monday. Adults will only have to pay £15 to see the Jills take on Fleetwood Town. At the moment, the two sides are currently level on points, but Gillingham are in the relegation zone based on goal difference. Before that game, though, on Good Friday, they'll be travelling to take on Cheltenham Town. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And you can also get access to the ad-free Kent Online premium site. To do it, you need to subscribe. Just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online podcast. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall.